lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. Greetings. Happy Monday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show here live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. I am Steve Dace alongside Aaron McIntyre and Todd Erzin. And then, of course, there's all of you. Let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox. Steve at SteveDace.com is how you can email us. That's D-E-A-C-E. I am out of Facebook jail, but I'm getting the feeling now Facebook and me are kind of like the SEC and the NCAA. I'm never off probation. I'm just in between. Okay, so check us out on Facebook while you still can with our hashtag Facebook approved takes. Uh, you can also look for me on MeWe Parlor, Gab and Getter. Follow me on Twitter at Steve Day Show and get clips of the show that are both free to watch and free of censorship. When you go to rumble.com slash Steve Day Show again. That's rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. We've got an exciting show lined up for you on a Monday, and we have an exciting announcement. We've got a brand new partner with us here on the program called Trust and Will. You know, many of you and many of us just kind of starting to make money. Our business here that owns this show has just started to really make money in the last couple of years. We had to really keep this thing together, man, by bail and wire for a while to keep this thing flowing and make sure these guys got paid. So, hey, you you start having babies. That's Aaron's case. You start having your business finally starts making a profit. In my situation, you start building some real wealth. Be sure to add Securing your family's future to your to-do list by establishing a will or trust at trustandwill.com. Trustandwill.com, setting up an estate plan there is simple, convenient, and secure. You can do it for as little as 39 bucks. You can nominate guardians for the kids, determine who gets your stuff, and plan for future, future medical care, all from the comfort of your home by hiring a traditional estate attorney. That can cost thousands of dollars and using a one-size-fits-all template, you can do it that way. Or you can do it the Trust and Will Day, uh, Trust and Will Way, where they document uh, their documents are designed by estate planning experts, customized for the state that you live in and your particular situation. And with live customer support seven days a week, TrustandWill.com's team is available to answer any questions you have while setting up your plan. They are the most trusted name in online real estate planning, the category leader on Trustpilot, and they've helped hundreds of thousands of people protect their families' assets and legacy. Make sure you're one of them. Gain gain peace of mind at trustandwill.com slash Steve. Trustandwill.com slash Steve. Get 10% off plus free shipping of your customized legal documents. Free shipping of your customized legal documents, 10% off when you visit trustandwill.com slash Steve. All right, coming up here today at the bottom of the hour, Ivory Hecker. Do you remember her? She was the reporter fired in Houston for blowing the whistle on the bias that she was facing from the Fox affiliate there in Houston. We'll get an update on what she's doing now. My understanding is she's trying her crack at independent journalism. I honestly don't know what that is at all. Uh, do you, you ever heard of independent Journalism, you guys know what that is? I was not familiar with it during my time. At I the need to, yeah, I, a, like a grunge band from the 90s. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to look up if independentjournalism.com is actually taken. Maybe I'll buy that URL. So we'll talk to her coming up at the bottom of the hour. Next hour, we get to return to our Monday town hall. It's been a while. Time for a good Ask Me Anything, and we'll get to your questions coming up in the next hour of the show. But of course, before we get to all of those things, we begin with Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. 
What happened while we were away brought to you by Circling the Drain. The death toll of Americans dead after last week's bombings in Kabul, Afghanistan, is now 13. 13 U.S. service members were killed as they stood guard around Ahmed Karzai International Airport, a blast carried out by the terrorist organization ISIS-K. Yesterday, while attending the dignified transfer ceremony of the bodies at Dover Air Force Base, President Biden appears to check his watch for the time. This was after Biden appeared to fall asleep while meeting with Israeli Prime Minister Naftali Bennett. In an apparent retaliation for the ISIS-K bombing last week, the Pentagon ordered a drone strike on what it thought were at least two upper echelon members of the ISIS planning to carry out another attack. The Pentagon has yet to release the names of the purported ISIS members killed. What we have found out, however, is that at least 10 civilians were killed, including many children, in the drone strike. After reports circulated that civilians were killed, the U.S. Central Command released a public statement reading in part, quote, It is unclear what may have happened, and we are investigating further, end quote. Former U.S. Secretary of Education Arne Duncan tweets, quote, Have you noticed how strikingly similar both the mindsets and actions are between the suicide bombers at Kabul's airport and the anti-mask and anti-vax people here? They both blow themselves up, inflict harm on those around them, and are convinced they are fighting for freedom, end quote. Twitter has permanently suspended independent journalist Alex Berenson for his truth-telling about lockdowns, masks, and the vaccine. This means the Taliban, Louis Farrakhan, and various Shycom officials can all have Twitter accounts, but, but not Alex. The tweet that finally sent them over the top reads as follows, quote, It doesn't stop infection or transmission. Don't think of it as a vaccine. Think of it, at best, as a therapeutic with a limited window of efficacy and terrible side effect profile that must be dosed in advance of illness. And we want to mandate it? Insanity. End quote. Dr. Fauci, your thoughts? Now that the vaccine has full approval from the FDA, the, the Pfizer vaccine, would you like to see it mandated for students elsewhere in the U.S.? And once it's approved for kids under 12, should it be mandated for them too? You know, I know that a lot of people will be pushing back against that, but if you get the imprimatur about the safety and the strong benefit-risk ratio for the children, when that gets established, which I believe it certainly will, by the FDA and the ACIP, I believe that mandating vaccines for children to appear in school is a good idea. CDC tweets, are you using hashtag inclusive language? CDC's health equity guiding principles for inclusive communication shares preferred terms and language. CDC Director Rochelle Walensky says it's her job to end so-called gun violence. Every day we turn on the news and there are more young people dying. I swore to the president and to this country that I would protect your health. Um, this is clearly one of those moments, one of those issues that is harming America's health. Generally, the word gun for those who are worried about research in this area is followed by the word control. And that's not what I want to do here. In completely unrelated news, a security guard at a Chicago liquor store says he was acting in self-defense when he shot a customer three times because the customer was, quote, putting others' lives at risk by not wearing a COVID mask, end quote. Also in Chicago, a judge has reportedly stripped a mother of her parental rights for her son because she's not vaccinated. A student at the University of Tennessee was dragged away by police in the middle of class for refusing to wear a mask. In good news, protests against lockdowns and vaccine passports raged across the world over the weekend again in places like New York City, Hawaii, Las Vegas, Switzerland, Ireland, massive protests in Berlin and Paris, London, Belgium, Montreal, Australia, 
and Scotland. And that's what happened while we were away. Aaron's Montage brought to you by our longtime friends over at Rough Greens. It's that powder supplement that you sprinkle in with your dog's food. It's so simple, but with that simple act, you're probably restoring all the nutritional value in your pet's food that was stripped out at the factory. That's right. All those pre-probiotics, vitamins, minerals, nutrients, etc., stripped out of our dog's foods, just like it's stripped out of ours. That's why we're taking so many supplements these days. And now there's one for your pet, but you might be thinking, hey, what if I mix this in with my pet's food and they don't like it? Good point. So how about we give you the first bag for free to find out? Now you're going to pay for the shipping, just a couple bucks, because we want you to use it. We just give you the whole thing for free. A lot of time you get something for free, you have a tendency not to utilize it because it's of no value to you. All right. So you do the shipping. So you have some skin in the game here, but we'll give the bag to you for free. That first 14-day Jumpstart bag, see if you don't see a difference in your pet in 14 days or less, and or if your pet will eat it, likes it, when you go to roughgreens.com, R-U-F-F, that's the website, for roughgreens.com, again, roughgreens.com, or call them at 833-ROUGH-DOG. In the overtime today, we are going to get into a theory, someone whose opinion I have a lot of respect for, more of a hypothesis. A hypothesis someone I respect uh, laid on me earlier today that I'm not prepared yet to go all in and advocate. That's why I don't want to put it on here for the larger general public. But I respect this person's opinion enough that I want us to at least see if we agree with it prima facie, if we think there's enough merit to consider it. We'll do that today for our Blaze TV subscribers. When you go to blazetv.com slash dace, we'll stick around after today's program. We will record that overtime for you and then upload it later so you can watch it at your convenience on demand at blazetv.com slash dace. And that's also the website where you can go to get a discounted subscription today to Blaze TV. So you don't miss today's overtime and all the other exclusive content we do, the entire Blaze TV team. Right now, go to blazetv.com slash dace. Let's... Let's go to the tape. Let's go to what was in Aaron's montage. That Berenson tweet what did he say that we can say is a lie? Aaron, can you put that back up there for a minute when you find yeah, it for a second? It. Now, you may disagree with his analysis. But what did he say that was a lie? I mean, he called it a therapeutic. It is. It doesn't stop infection or transmission. CDC's own director, Rachel Rochelle Wilinski, she said this. Like three weeks ago on CNN, we talked about it at the time. Now, I would not go so far looking at the data to, sh- to say that it just blanketly, blanketly doesn't stop it at all. It has no transmission efficacy. I would not say that. But it's nowhere near the transmission efficacy that they told us in the trials they had. They can blame the product. You can blame Delta. I think Mayo found that Pfizer had about a 40% transmission efficacy against Delta. All right, so 
you you might say that first statement there by Berenson. I, you could say that goes too far, but is it factually inaccurate on its merits? No. No. On its merits, it the, uh, from a premise standpoint, it's not much different than what Rochelle Walensky said to Wolf Blitzer on CNN back on August 6th, I think it was. I agree that it's not a vaccine. Meaning it's not a vaccine in the way you and I understand the term. It doesn't inoculate. It doesn't immunize. It is a therapeutic, like the flu shot. Let's continue on. So I I don't think that's factually inaccurate. Limited window of efficacy. Was the White House not discussing with Israel's public officials over the weekend? Looking at what's gone on with their vaccination program. By the way, today, Israel were well over 70%, by the way. Well over 70% of all adults in Israel are fully vaccinated. Well over 70. It's closer to 80. Israel today hit an all-time high in cases since the pandemic began. Also had, a, had, had one of the worst lockdowns in the country, or in the world, I should say. Younger population, one of the youngest populations per capita in the, in the civilized world, by the way. Healthier, less obese. Israel, despite those advantages, hit an all-time high for cases today. And in response, our government has reportedly been consulting with theirs and is, is tossing around the idea of doing boosters now after five months. First, it was going to be, yeah, you have to get one of these every year, like the flu shot, right? All right. Then it was every six months. Now they're talking every five months. If you've got to get something, if, if you're on your third booster of a vaccine that's only been out there for eight months, how does that not clearly define the literal definition of a limited window of efficacy? Right? Yeah. That's a limited window of efficacy. That's the very definition of it. That's why you need a booster. Let's continue with his tweet here. Let's put it back up there. A terrible side effects profile. It does have a terrible side effects profile as it relates to other vaccines in recent memory. It does. Now, overall, there really aren't that high, at least based on the data they're telling us anyway, there's really not that much higher odds of an adverse side effect to the vaccine as there is of dying with COVID, which there's not high odds of, provided you are under the age of 70. Actually, I had it backwards. There's still higher odds of dying of COVID than there is an adverse side effect. But there's other side effects that may not cause death that are serious. How about my ability to get pregnant if I'm a woman? How about an enlarged heart as a youngster that now I'm healthy enough that with treatment I can restore to normality, but years and years and years from now, the stress and strain that that puts on my cardiovascular system and of course heart disease is the number one killer in America. Maybe that takes, shaves some time off my life on the back end. We don't know that. Do we know that? We We don't, we don't know that. But we do know that if we do get COVID at that age, we will probably have the symptoms of a cold. So far, we do know that. Yes. 
So I don't, I don't know. It does have a terrible side effects profile if you compare it to other recent vaccines. Now, when we use it as a standalone and you start weighing the odds of an adverse side effect compared to its efficacy, the, the math is better. But when you compare it to other recent vaccines, it clearly has a, has a worse side effect profile. I don't know anybody that would debate that. That's out of their own data. So again, you might not agree with the totality of his analysis, like, with, like the very first statement about its transmission efficacy. I would not go so far as to say it has none, based on the data I have seen. But I agree that it certainly doesn't have any that justifies mandating it in any way. Let's finish up here. Finally, he says, and then, therefore, you have to be dosed in advance of illness. Yeah. You know, we've seen some of those stories like uh, Phil Valentine, the talk show host in Nashville, you know, about the unvac an unvaccinated person dying in the hospital and the healthcare workers say, there's nothing I can do for him now. I mean, they're not injecting with the vaccine then, are they? So that clearly means that you need it before you get ill. Yes. So then where is the lie? Now, this is a political debate, unfortunately, or really, you know what? Let's get rid of the word political in any debate. Even if we're medical nerds at think tanks that agree on, on what objective data says, we're probably going to debate on what it means, right? Mm -hmm. So the lie would be in not using objective, objectively true data. That would be the lie, right? Right. But then when we, then when we throw in our analysis of what it means, we could be wrong. The totality of our analysis could be wrong. For example, if I threw the lasso of truth around Alex, never met him in person, probably have had him on this show enough in the last year and a half, though, that I can make at least an educated guess on what he would say. Fair? Yeah. If I threw the lasso of truth around Alex and said, do you really believe there's 0% efficacy in these vaccines or therapeutics? He would say, zero, no. But it was it was 40% two months ago, and it's declining. It's on the way there. And so it's just not worth, it, it doesn't provide enough benefit to justify mandating it, given the overall risk. Is that a fair assessment? More than of what fair. He would, of what he probably thinks in his subconscious about it, right? Yeah. But is that a lie? Or is that the, is that is the totality of his analysis, do you disagree or find it an error? If, if the new rule is we're just going to ban people when we don't agree with their analysis, herd's going to get thinned out here real quick, guys. What you're really saying then is there's no, there's no room for debate. We're not allowed to debate. Like what Fauci is talking about with, forget what you think about him, which is hard. <laughs> but just scientifically, what he claimed about the vaccine's long-term benefits for school children, we don't know that. And we could not possibly know that. Why? Because we don't know the long-terms about anything on either side of this equation, as I keep pointing out. One more time for the folks in the back, and apparently on Jake Tapper's show. 
We don't know the long-term risks of even an asymptomatic exposure to a virus of questionable to malicious origin, nor do we know the long-term risks of injecting and then re-injecting and re-injecting and re-injecting yourself with vaccine technology. We don't have decades of real-time observational data to know what its long-term side effect profile could be. We don't know. We couldn't possibly have that. Because we just started injecting this into people in January. Eight months isn't a long-term analysis. Furthermore, if you look at the authorization they gave Pfizer last week, the FDA said, hey, come on back in 2025 or so and let us know. So we're not even going to know anything for a couple more years other than what gets vetted out in real time as we watch it take place. What Fauci said was the lie. He said something that is factually inaccurate. We could not and cannot possibly know what the long-term benefits or side effects, for that matter, are of injecting children with these therapeutics. We couldn't possibly know. Unless you're a gnat and you're to live for 10 days and your definition of long-term is eight months or next year. Fauci asserted with certainty something we could not possibly know. Meanwhile, you may claim in your analysis that Berenson is exaggerating the totality of the issue. And that would be a fair criticism whether I disagree or not. But can you claim that Berenson is lying? Absolutely not. No. He didn't lie about anything. The premise of everything he said is accurate. That's why we're having so much debate about this. Again, you may disagree with the analysis of what this does mean, that he's going too far. You may disagree with that. That's what a debate means. But it's Fauci who lied. We could not possibly know the long-term efficacy of injecting our children with this. Because we don't know the long-term efficacy of injecting anyone with it. Gentlemen, any thoughts on that? Alex Berenson has been one of the most important voices to rise that most people had never heard of since March 2020. Agreed. And he was a New York Times science reporter and now this week just got labeled as a conservative folks this is the fact that they're doing that and trying to get him get rid of him is a tell for well he did speak at cpac before me just i'm just kidding go ahead that's yeah there's that but he it's a tell for what they're terrified of they're terrified of how close the same thing happening to all of you is to wake up, to not take it anymore, to not be a tool. He simply has, you know how he's been on our show at least a handful of times, hopefully going to be on again uh, this week. I don't think neither one of us are in any illusions. Like uh, he's with us on everything or we're with him, but on this, it is simply, and he's not, listen, 
I've told you before what Twitter is. It's that magnificent rock fight. You use language all of the time in that battle. That When he comes on this show all the time, the guy is reasoned. He's measured. He allows every bit possible of the efficacy of the vaccines. And then he's gone back and looked at the data. And then he's changed course. I don't. The fact that we're having a conversation about this at all and weighing measure Alec Berenson is really the wrong argument. That that the Fauciian bargain is forcing good men like him onto the scales when we should have weighed and measured Fauci a long, long time ago and cast him into the pit. Boy, I don't know how I'm supposed to follow that up as usual. Um, the, I, I saw somebody I saw somebody remark today. I can't remember who it was that. You know, do do the censors not realize that when you censor somebody, and wow, I am really white today, uh, when you censor somebody, <laughs> that just peaks. That just peaks everybody else's in. What are they trying to get rid of? And yeah, I get that, and that is true to some degree. But I think to really understand, to really understand what they don't care. The, the the very fact the very fact that you would go against the system's narrative. It doesn't matter if it wakes other people. If my censoring or silencing you and and just completely memory-holing your entire commentary over the last year, it doesn't matter if that's going to awake more, awaken more people. It's an affront to the spirit of the age that you would do that. So that's that's the real reason that he's being banned, in my opinion, anyway. Yeah. It's like... Um, you can't beat him, ban him. Exactly. Um, it, it's like what we talk about with... Um, uh, with, with the vaccines, if if we had adopted uh, um, a, a, an honest, uh, you know, an honest messaging about the vaccines, and Todd rightfully so, at one point said no, that w- they were never going to adopt just a level-headed, honest message with the vaccines or any of the the virus mitigation because that's not who they are. None of this, none of this goes and squares with the fundamental or any fundamental laws of uh, politics or anything like that. It flies in the face of reason. It flies in the face of self-preservation, politically speaking. So many of these responses, and this is no different. This is just simply an affront to the spirit of the age, and they can't have that. And so he's gone. Be damned if it wakes more people up to what he's actually talking about. He's still scheduled to join us on the show here tomorrow? Yes. Okay, look forward to that. Um, The security guard claiming that he was acting in defense of other people's lives by shooting the person who was unmasked. Am I the only one surprised that this hasn't already happened? That this far into this, given the amount of cultic, slavish devotion to these masks. There haven't been more stories than this. Oh, it, has. it has? Yeah, on both sides. Not very much on the, not very much on the anti-mask. Oh, but, oh, yeah, but people have lost their lives over the mask. Really? Yeah. I'll I've have to go back that. and find some of these stories. Do we know from this story, is this like entered into court, part of his plea? I'm not sure about that. Okay, or is this just his, what he's telling the media? Like, is he attempting this with the authorities? Is he? Did he tell the police, hey, I was just, you know, 
Is this a formal defense? Do you know? I don't know. Aaron, do you know? I'm looking at it here. Okay. Yeah, no, this was actually in in, in his de- defense. It did not sway Cook County Judge Mary Marubio. So he tried this in court mm-hmm. and in Cook County in Chicago. Yeah. Hmm. Same place where they just stripped a mom of visitation yeah. of her child over vaccination. So reconcile those two things. How's the same county say, now that's not a justifiable reason to shoot somebody. They weren't masked. But then say, you can't be around your kid if you're not, if you're not vaccinated. I haven't been able to do the math on all this in a very long time. Aaron, can you reconcile those two things? I cannot. Because aren't the masks and the vaccines typically linked together? Yeah. Right? Oregon, everybody get vaccinated and everybody wear masks, even outdoors. California, the same. Lots of these places. Mm-hmm. So how does the same county and the same community produce two different rulings on its own spirit of the age cult? Because we the people were made to be ruled. Ivory Hecker is going to join us next. Independent journalist. You remember her? She's the one that was fired for blowing the whistle on media bias in Houston. What is she doing now? We'll find out here when we come back. All right, back here on the Steve Day Show. Again, apologies for... Uh, the uh, power outage we had earlier today, but uh, you're still getting a full show from us. Uh, and you're still getting reminders every now and then about a product that you need to know about. It's called Sweat Block. There are new partners here on the show because there's never a good time to be getting all sweaty, and it seems to happen at the worst possible times, right? Uh, a public event, public speaking, a big job interview, a first date. That's why you want to check out Sweatblock's antiperspirant wipes. Stronger and more effective than the most clinical antiperspirants that are out there. You simply apply it at night before bedtime and uh, when you go to bed. Uh, and the next morning you wake up, wash, go about your day with, you know, how you normally would. And it's guaranteed to work. Sounds too good to be true. You only have to apply this once or twice a week in order to stay dry. No more pitting out at the most inopportune moments. And they've got other products there as well. For example, I've got a long day today. Uh, There's a function tonight. We're honoring my wife for finally finishing her education. So I'm just not going to have time to go back home and take another shower and everything else. But I tested out the sweat block deodorant last week on a road trip, and it came and passed with flying colors. So I'm using it again today as well. And if you want to try sweat block, 20% off today when you use the promo code DAY. My last name, D-E-A-C-E. Use that as your promo code to get 20% off when you go to sweatblock.com. Again, sweatblock, just like it sounds, sweatblock.com, promo code DACE. Well, some of you, of course, are going to remember the story of Ivory Hecker. We featured her on the show earlier this summer when she stood up to her management at the Fox affiliate down there in Houston, told the truth about what was going on behind the scenes. And then, of course, they rewarded her for her journalistic integrity by putting her in charge. No, no, um, no, they, they. 
uh, they punished her for her journalistic integrity. And she joins us now as we get an update. What has become of her and what is she covering? Ivory, my name is Steve Dace. It's a pleasure to have you with us today here on Blaze TV radio and podcast. How are you? I'm great. It's good to be on. I didn't know you guys featured me when uh, when I came out about Fox. Great to be on your show. Yeah, we did. Um, well, with all due respect to you, there are so few examples of journalistic integrity nowadays that when it's actually practiced, I mean, we were we were like a fly on stink, a moth to a flame to that. I mean, we had we had to cover that for at least uh, for at least a little while. So, what what's happened to you since? Well. Uh, just telling the truth about Fox, I think uh, apparently I was speaking up for a lot of people who felt the same way about the media. You know, people can tell when they're getting fed uh, propaganda, when they're when people know a lot of important news is being suppressed. And for me to come out and say, yeah, that's happening. Yeah, my bosses have actually told me not to report these things. Yeah, they want me to spin it this way. People were so thrilled to have someone stand up for and basically confirm what they thought was happening. And so I had thousands, just countless people supporting me. I received thousands of donations, uh, which has supported me since I was then fired from Fox. So I've been living off of those donations and working on setting up my own business now. So you are taking a crack at independent journalism. First of all, for those of us um, that are under the age of 70 in America, what exactly is that? Because we're not really sure what uh, we only see advocacy journalism. I, I tell my audience all the time, I, I try to get my facts and figures right, but I am not a journalist. I'm a commentator. Um, and so are most of what you see on cable news. It's just they're not honest about it. OK, so what, what would an independent journalist be? Could you define that for us, please? Well, journalism is all about uh, putting putting the truth first and putting uh, the citizens first, basically Whatever your questions and concerns are as news consumers, consumers, that is my top priority as a journalist. That's how it's supposed to be at every journalism organization. That's what I was taught in journalism school. But you don't really see it in the corporate news anymore. It's about corporate interests. So when, now that I'm an independent journalist, I can go back to putting the priorities, the questions of the average citizen first, getting answers to that. And then the discipline of verification is another huge part of journalism. You, you don't just uh, pump, pump out uh, the, the latest info that's just being fed to you by a source with a, an ulterior motive. You have to verify what you're being told and prove to the audience that you've verified it. Uh, show them uh, how, what you've done to make sure that what you're giving them is the facts. And so a lot of news has gotten lazy about verification. So just getting back to that uh, myself and, and giving myself the time to verify, because a lot of times corporations put a deadline on you. And th there have been countless times where Fox made me come out with news that I wasn't 100 uh, percent verified. You, you know, I hadn't I hadn't been given the amount of time needed to make sure that what I was reporting was actually fact. So. Anyway, it's just really liberating to be able to be an independent journalist now and to be, you know, feel confident about what I am providing to my news consumers. So let's get into some of the issues you have been covering since you went independent and, and delving into 
And and let's let's begin with informed consent. There's a lot of debate and discussion about this uh, from a policy standpoint right now. Um, one of the, the the primary things being debated are mandates of these COVID therapeutics, whether they should come from government or the private sector. It's been fascinating to see. It was the first uh, Friday in August that Rachel Walensky, the head of CDC, admitted on CNN that the current COVID therapeutics um, are really reduced to that because they they have lost much of their transmission efficacy. She said this to Wolf Blitzer on CNN uh, back on August the 6th, I think it was. And so you you think that would actually simmer down the debate over vaccine mandates if if I can't guarantee by getting this any longer that I'm going to stop myself from transmitting it to somebody else, then we truly are really dealing with an entirely personal decision for the individual. It's not something necessarily that impacts what I may do with other people if it's not if it's lost much of its transmission efficacy. And yet, since that admission was made over the last three weeks, the debate over mandating is actually ramped up all the more. Okay, so I know that you have looked into some of the informed consent issues, talked to some of the people uh, that the media has chosen largely to ignore. What have you discovered about this? The fact is that people are, the average person is not getting the, the negative information about these vaccines. The media that they consume does not fully disclose the worst side effects that can happen to you. The worst outcomes aren't, aren't really shown. And audience members didn't really understand even what emergency use authorization was. In fact, there, a deceptive wording over this past year has really been used when it comes to vaccines. They say uh, the, va- the vaccines are authorized. No, they're authorized, as if it's the same as approved. And so there, there was this, uh, this story being told in the media that the vaccines were uh, just bulletproof, that, that they were perfect. And my latest independent report features this man who lost his 16-year-old son. His 16-year-old son died suddenly of a heart attack five days after getting the Pfizer shot. Uh, the autopsy showed his heart was double the normal size. Uh, so we, we learned about enlarged hearts as a rare issue um, early this summer, which was after his son died. So. In the months leading up to that, he, he would watch NBC. He said he watched NBC closely to make sure that he was getting all the information about these vaccines. And NBC continued to say, these are safe and 100% effective. And so he trusted NBC. And and to me, that's not informed consent. When, when the media continues to only highlight the perfections of something, not not really letting them know we're only a few short months into this brand new uh, vaccine technology and there are a lot of unknowns if we could just be transparent with people that there are a lot of un- un- unknowns and yes theirs is a real database that the cdc keeps tra- uh, keeps going they they actually call doctors to verify that that the information they've submitted to theirs is true uh the database has thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of adverse events related to these vaccines, uh, thousands and thousands of deaths, and yet the media has been suppressing this. In fact, Fox did not want me to to be reporting these deaths when I when I pitched, "Hey guys, you know, back 
Did we lose Ivory? Okay, we'll try to uh, reconnect with her. Uh, the, the freezing up process there. Um, one of the things I want to ask her about, if we can reconnect with her. Uh, Do we have her back? No? Okay. Just thought I heard her in my ear. Uh, one of the things I want to ask her about, that I am, I'm struggling with this just in how I bring all of you information on this topic. So over the last couple of weeks, one of the, the media, uh, do we have Ivory back? We do. Perfect. So I, now that she's here, I can just uh, ask her directly. Here's one of the issues, uh, major issues I'm having, struggling and presenting, at, because we're dealing with people's health here. To me, you know, I, I try to do this on any politicized issue, but this is far more personal than your thoughts on a, a spending omnibus bill, right? We're dealing with people's health here as, as Ernesto's father, who you were just describing his case, Ernesto's, as his father, you know, learned. I mean, this gets really personal when we're dealing with our health. So I feel like an, act, an added extra layer of responsibility to how I've covered this over the last year and a half. And when I, when I see the media, um, uh, legacy media, discover a, a, a Nashville talk show host they largely have ignored for 30 years named Phil Valentine, who did not get vaccinated and ended up uh, perishing because of COVID here in the last couple of weeks and turning him now into like a household name. And then I see stories like the BBC presenter who their autopsy is confirming she died from side effect, re from adverse reaction to the AstraZeneca vaccine over there in the UK. I, 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 I'm hesitant about... When do these individual cases merit major news? And then when am I guilty of the same kind of panic porn on the other side that I, of, you know, singling out high profile cases that I've been fighting against for the last year and a half? Do you see what I'm getting at, Ivory? I mean, because so I'm, I'm struggling here on when to highlight these things. What, what's your view on this, looking at it from a, a more independent, less commentary perspective? We just need to... We need to put all the facts out there, period. And when I saw my my news outlet railroading one way and saying we're not going to talk about adverse events, and my boss literally telling me, well, there, there's risks to everything. We don't want to uh, freak people out, which was the total opposite of how she acted about COVID-19. When, when she didn't want, she literally told me she did not want people to know how quickly most people were recovering from COVID-19 because it would make them want to leave their homes. So she, she spun it one way with COVID-19. Then when it comes to the vaccine, she wants to make them look perfect. And I said, look, how about let's just be honest? How about let's put all the facts out there when it comes to COVID-19? Yes, here's the recovery rate. Here's the case rate and the recovery rate. You make up your own mind about how quickly people recover. And yeah, they do recover pretty quickly with COVID-19. When it comes to the vaccines, here's, here's how many people are doing just fine. Here's how many people have died. Here's how many people are paralyzed. How, let, how about let's put it all out there. Make up your own mind. But when they are shutting down certain facts that they don't want the audience to know, to spin their narrative, that's what I have a problem with, and that's what makes me want to feature people like Ernesto Ramirez, who died suddenly of a heart attack at 16 years old, perfect health, and he dies five days after the Pfizer vaccine. People need to know his story, and people need me to go in depth with his story to prove that he is a real person because the media has been lying about these cases, deceiving people, hiding these deaths saying, oh, there's, you can manipulate that database that's not real. 
Oh, really? Well, Ernesto is a real kid who lives in Texas, did live in Texas until he died suddenly in April. I've got about two minutes listening to this. It sounds like whether it's this issue or really any other, we're not dealing so much with journalism as much as engineering, meaning that they, they want to present something that gets what they think the desired outcome is as opposed to letting the information play itself out organically, right? I mean, that's what you just described on both ends of the COVID spectrum. We're going to low play this and we're going to we're going to completely overplay the other because we think we know what the better outcome is here. And therefore, you know, we make these decisions for other people. Exactly. It's all about manipulation to persuade the audience, which, by the way, is the definition of propaganda, according to my journalism school textbooks. Hmm. Propaganda is when you either uh, hype up certain facts and suppress others to, to manipulate your audience, or you make up facts. Uh, that's, that's propaganda. That's what the media has been doing. If you're covering the co- topic of COVID-19, let people see all of the truth and make up their own mind. Don't uh, suppress certain things and hype other things to make people, uh, force people to think that they need something that maybe they don't need in their bodies. Ivory, if people in our audience want to keep, want to connect with you and follow the work you're doing now, how can they do that? My brand new journalism website is ivoryhecker.com. That's where you can see Ernesto's story, ivoryhecker.com. Just like it sounds, folks, ivoryhecker.com. Ivory, um, you, you definitely got some guts for what you did. And, um, and and stood in the gap. And we thank you for that uh, and, and wish you well in what you're doing now and uh, hope that it succeeds. All right, thank you very much. God bless. Thanks for having me. You bet. Thoughts on that conversation there? Yeah, Guts is right. When we did talk about her, we were all curious, you know, how, how real is this? Where, how deep does the integrity go? What are the personal motivations in doing this? I, I, listen, I was Ivory Hecker. I was up to here uh, with it. Uh, and what she did, uh, she's clearly, you know, not some radical, pretty mild-mannered, but you heard in her voice when she started talking about Ernesto. She got into this to t- talk about real people, not to hate them like most journalists unfortunately do. And that's where you know she's the real deal. All right, we'll come back. Hour two, it will be time. We haven't had a chance to do one of these in a while. It will be time for an Ask Me Anything. And we will consult our growing audience over on MeWe. I trust we have some snotty questions awaiting us. We do, and more than last time. So the, the, the audience is growing. Snotty questions await for our Monday Town Hall when we come back. Stay tuned. Hour two, live and on demand. For some of you that are watching us here on Blaze TV, apologize for that first hour. There was a massive power outage here in our neighborhood in Des Moines. It was, it's a beautiful day out. So it was a local Mid-American Energy issue, uh, but uh, luckily they got it back on. So you can at least get one hour live today here on Blaze TV. For those of you uh, that are going to watch the podcast later or check this out on social media later, it won't look any different than uh, to you at all. And you'll wonder what all the hullabaloo was about. You'll still get two hours uh, congruently 
chronologically as you should. And of course, by now, you know uh, that Todd and Aaron are here with me as well. And if you want to let us know what you think about what we think, uh, do so via the SteveDace.com inbox. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. That's D-E-A-C-E. You can like us on Facebook. I'm apparently out of Facebook jail for now. Uh, MeWe, Parlor, Gab, and Getter go there as well. You can follow me on Twitter at Steve Day Show and get clips of the show for free that are also free of censorship at rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. That is rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. And if you are one of those legions of podcast listeners to this program, thank you very much. You've played a major role in the growth of this show over the last couple of years. Please, if you haven't done so already, give us a five-star review, hit subscribe or follow. Thanks to all of you that have done those things for us already. So do you know why they keep offering you free trials for all these products that often just renew without your consent. It's a business plan or scam, if you prefer. Uh, don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill, just like it sounds, T-R-U-E-B-I-L-L, Truebill, to take control of your subscriptions. It's the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or you just simply forgot about. On average, you can save about $700 a year. Uh, with this, uh, with Truebill, because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, and Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts. Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap, and your Truebill concierge is there when you need to cancel unwanted subscriptions so that you don't have to. Be one of their over 2 million users that have helped save all those people over $100 million. All right, don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash Steve. Go right now to Truebill.com slash Steve. I'm sorry, slash Dace. I don't even know my own name. Truebill.com slash Dace, and it could save you hundreds of dollars. I don't know what happens if you go to truebill.com slash D, but it will save you hundreds of dollars maybe if you go to truebill.com slash day. See, we have a uh, an hour power outage and I, I forgot which of my names we actually use. Well, that's probably the upside down world that you go to if you use the other one. There I'm you sure go. that's fascinating as well. Yeah, but maybe there's another host somewhere named Steve yeah. and you can save some money doing it that way. We won't get any credit for it though, but you'll still save money. He can't possibly get canceled as much as you do. Though, so. No, or we'll probably will continue to in the future, yes. Uh, Truebill.com slash Dace. All right, I'm looking forward to this. We have not had an opportunity to do this for a while between baby arrivals and everything going on, but... The return of our Monday town hall. It is a MeWe Ask Me Anything, courtesy of our new followers and many followers over on MeWe, which is a Facebook kind of free speech alternative social media platform. By now, you know the drill if you're an, a veteran of this program. We put out the uh, the request. I don't see any of the, the questions. Todd determines which questions will get answered on the air, passes them on to Aaron, and I get blindsided with them live on the air. No subject is off limits. So I'm going to find out what questions await at the same time the audience and, does. And you won't answer nearly as many as I give to Aaron, just to be clear, just because okay. there's there, you'd like to dig into these. Okay. All right. Let's get it going. We'll Aaron, start fire away. with Jason Miller, who asks, would the 82nd Airborne have left Americans behind 15 years ago? 
Why aren't we seeing the court-martial of some heroes who disobeyed orders to save Americans? I think the answer to your question 15 years ago would have been what? Uh, 2006, right? Would have been 15 years ago? Sure. Um, So I think the answer to your question is probably not. Although, remember, we left Americans behind in Saigon almost 50 years ago. Okay? So, but I, I see what you're what you're getting at. And much has been made uh, about, was it a lieutenant that put out that video? Lieutenant Colonel, I think. Lieutenant Colonel, okay. Who put out that video criticizing the brass. Mm-hmm. He knew mm-hmm. what, what this meant. He knew, he knew that's what it meant. And he did it anyway. Okay. And the fact that there still has been no one has resigned either... I mean, we can't even trust the old political process of just picking somebody out and blaming it, pinning it on them and throw them under the bus, right? Like, there's nobody that you were kind of like, nobody in the chain of command at all. You're like, we weren't sure about that guy anyway, so let's just pin this on him and we're all just going to move on, right? It, 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 the system is so far gone, that can't even be counted on. And... I remember something that uh, that my father-in-law said when they first moved back here to be close to Amy, my wife. That's She's their only child. And so they moved after retirement. Uh, Bob and Mary, her parents, moved back here to be uh, close to Amy and the grandkids. Their only grandkids, therefore, too. And just out of the blue one day, I, you know, they were staying with us while they were waiting for their house to be ready. And I'm making breakfast or something for Noah. So this would have been 2015, 2016. So what, uh, six years ago, five, six years mm-hmm. ago. So Noah is a freshman now. So he would have been what, um, eight, nine years old at the time. School, yeah. yeah. So still in elementary, right. And, and Bob just, and, and I will tell you, you know, I've, I've known Bob for over 25 years. And I, I can count on one hand how many political opinions I have heard him give. Even though he's been retired military almost the entire time I've known him, he takes that code very, very seriously. So I don't, you know, spend a lot of time talking to him or railing about contemporary political matters or things of that nature. I mean, I, I, he's a fairly opinionated individual. I'm sure he has some, but he takes that code very seriously. And he was, he was 101st Airborne. And, and this one morning, he, he, I'm making breakfast for Noah, and he just walks up to me quietly and says, when he grows up, don't let him join. It's just not the same as it was when I was going in, and it's only going to get worse. And I remember just being, like, blown away at the time. I didn't anticipate that or anything. You know, it was like, wow. And, and, you know, now we're having conversations that are just, they weren't even contemplated in 2015, 2016. But understand, though, that when you look at history, militaries are not exempt from the decline and fall of cultures. 
In fact, the opposite is true. They tend to be on the vanguard of it. They tend to be on the vanguard of it much, much more, much more often than they tend to be the resilient holdouts holding the spirit of the age at bay. So I, I think we're living in an era now that we have to acknowledge pretty much everything's on the table. Doesn't mean everything will happen. Doesn't mean the worst of the worst will occur. I, I just think we have to be willing to contemplate things that in the past we should not have. I mean, the TikTok video that came out with the gal saying, you know, if you if, if you know if there's an I want to make sure I say it exactly what she said, but wasn't it akin to if there's an uprising here, you know, me and my fellow soldiers, we're going to, oh, you know, military, yeah. Yeah. we're, we're yeah. going to shoot you guys. Okay. I mean, and these guys, has there been any, any, and is there been any repercussions for her? Not to my knowledge. Yeah. I mean, I would think that if she had been court-martialed or threatened or punished mm. or disciplined in any way for saying anything like that, um, then I, I anticipate that we would have heard that kind of a news, right? Yeah. These, these guys have no idea who their wingmen are. They have no idea uh, if their superiors uh, are going to support them mm -hmm. in any level. And Steve regularly talks about, and, uh, on air a lot, but off air in conversations we have, if I, if, if I go there, this is what that means. It's, it's all in. And we are talking about the stuff of a coup, potentially. Mm-hmm. And that and, and listen, coups are coups like revolutions are not inherently good or bad. I mean, they're they're not ideal, but they 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 can be righteous, but and perhaps even necessary. The fact that these guys who enlisted and are on the front lines and are there sleeping in piles of garbage and holding babies, and then a, a guy blows them up the next day. These are the kind of people. Uh, they're wrestling with this. That's not what they got into this for, right? At all. So I I, I chose your question and let off with it because it's a, a really good one. But the fact that frontline soldiers have got to be debating these things is a sign of an utterly broken arrow. Well said. It is well said. Moving on, Constantinos Rhodidas, our friend, says. The new president of Harvard's chaplains is an atheist and humanist and was elected unanimously. They stated it couldn't have been done at a more conservative institution. Call me crazy, but I didn't but didn't they just admit that progressivism, which is humanism, is actual is an actual religion, thus proving our point that progressivism is a cult. Yes. I mean that's that's precisely correct. I mean, this is the this is not just a 2020 or 2021 y'all kind of a story. I mean, this is a harvest decades in the making. Yeah. Um, a, a lot of the original undoing of our founding governmental structures began when the, uh, when the leftist, the progressives took over Harvard Law and threw out in the late 19th century and they threw out natural law and they brought in legal positivism and change stare decisis to mean uh, whatever a judge conjures up now is the new law. Um, and so this is just, you know, your, your failure is now complete kind of a moment. I mean, this is a harvest. They've been tilling this soil for a long time. 
I mean, that, that place is so spiritually dead, it really won't even engender much of a response on campus. I mean, this isn't, this is like if Alice Cooper busted out, welcome to my nightmare, to an audience in 2021 instead of 1971. I mean, in 1971, everybody's shocked with a snake around his neck. Now, of course, he's a youth pastor with a camp. No. Okay. I love that, by the way. But in 1971, everybody was shocked, right? Okay. In 2021, people are like, oh, okay, cool. I mean, what's on Netflix tonight? Uh, Tiger King, season 12. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, so this isn't this isn't like a shocking development on that campus. Eh, okay, great, cool. An orgy at the at the at the you know the dorms tonight. I mean, I just this is just a this is this is a harvest. This is as on brand as it could possibly get. This is as on the nose as it could possibly get, which is why your question answers itself. Um, you've already correctly deconstructed yeah. this event at the Harvard Crimson, right? Isn't it yes. Harvard Crimson football game? Yeah. You know, for the mascot, they should just run him around the, the field a little bit on a leash because he's their guy. He embodies all that they are. What so, was the original Harvard motto? I, I thought it had. Did I hear you right in passing while you looked that up? Did you say Alice Cooper is like a youth pastor? Yeah. Pastor now? What? Yeah, it's called like The Rock or something is the name of his. If you look it up, he's like a, he runs like a youth camp or something now. OK, uh, it's called like The Rock or something. That's crazy. Yeah, it is. OK, um, truth for Christ in the church was the original founding motto of, of Harvard. And now here we are. This is this nefarious is belly laughing, spiking the ball in the end zone here, taunting you, taunting us. That's what this is. This isn't like some. Oh, wow. We just, everybody on campus is shocked at this development. This is a troll, is what it is. And it's the kind of troll you do when you think the game is over. I mean, it hasn't gone zero on the clock yet, but you think your lead is 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 so maximized that you're no in no danger of losing. You just had a fantastic idea. Hmm. The trailer for your movie should be like a newsreel. Aaron puts together with this kind of stuff in it and then just the nefarious belly laugh at the end. Mm. That's not a bad idea. Yeah. Moving on. Alan White asks, I've heard Christians say that Romans 14 justifies Jesus would mask up and vax up. Load of crap, but would love to hear your thoughts. I, I'm not even going to turn to the scripture. I'm not, in fact, and it has nothing to do with whether it would be Romans 14 or Isaiah 28 or Proverbs 32. I don't think there is a 32 actually. Okay. Um, It it wouldn't matter. Because the, and this isn't, this isn't the questioner's fault. Okay. The premise of the question is really dumb. I told my deacon that last night. It's really dumb. Jesus healed lepers. Healed people of their afflictions. Okay. Um, (laughs) When there was a leper, Jesus didn't turn to his followers and say, mask up. Social distance. There's a leper. He walked over and healed the leper. Okay. This is dumb, guys. This is not even like worthy of debating. Like, I don't even know what to, uh, don't, don't. 
don't debate anybody anybody brings this to you if they're in any position of authority at a church don't go back to that church don't go back there this is terrible it's it's just it's it's just beyond ridiculous it, it, i can come up with a better christian argument to mask and vax than this well jesus well um being god he would um he would heal people that's that's why women risk life and limb to plunge through crowds to touch the hem of his garment. That's why uh, they tore a hole in a roof to lower Zacchaeus through it in a desperate attempt to get afflicted people close to him. That's why he had to leave the crowds because the throngs were so overwhelming of people who had come to get a healing. Okay, I mean, I mean, I don't even... No, 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 no. If this is someone's argument, they're either a heretic or in danger of becoming one. Straight up. You're denying the nature of Christ. You're, de- you're denying the divinity of Christ. Other than that, you have a wonderful singing voice. Stop. Stop. Jesus heals people of their afflictions. He does not hide from them. And they dealt with outbreaks approximately 1,800 years before we invented vaccines. And what did he do? He spent three and a half, the final three and a half years of his life walking everywhere to be in front of as many crowds as he possibly could. Stop this. It's dumb. It's very dumb. It is unworthy of the time I have frankly already given it. This culture deserves a better class of heretic. Or maybe we don't. Next question. This one comes from Dana Pittman. How do we break the public school bureaucracy system? Not the school board, but the permanent non-consequious... Consequences. Consequences, I'm sorry. Spend all the budget to get more budget, do nothing, and get paid government school bureaucracy. We homeschool, but the government school machine grinds on in Florida. Uh, you You have to deny a fire its oxygen. Uh, you have to remove the the notion of an automatic funding mechanism for those schools. I mean, I, I tried to get my Republican legislature to do 10 years ago with what they're contemplating doing now. And that is that is now funding follows students where they where they go. It does not follow it. It does not flow to institutions. It flows directly to a student. So if a student decides to attend a government school, the money goes with him there. If a student decides to attend a charter school or a private school or a religious school or homeschool, it follows him there. That's the only way I can think of to ultimately break this bond that you're talking about is is you have to, you've got to deny the fire oxygen. Right now it gets the number one expenditure. No, I I would, I'm going to say it's probably every state budget. Maybe someone will have an exception 
But I'd be very surprised if there's a state in this union whose number one expenditure annually in their budget provided something hasn't happened cataclysmically like a Katrina or Ida kind of an event. Okay. But in a typical year, the number one expenditure in every state budget in the union is education. The two largest um, industries in America are energy and education. And they have um, two of the least amount of competitive formats at the exact same time. Okay, so uh, you have to remove the funding mechanism on an institutional level. The idea that there's a guaranteed check. Now, no, no, no. Now you have to compete. You have to compete for each and every one of those students. They're not guaranteed to you. You have to compete for them. Short of that, I, I, other than societal collapse, which may happen, frankly, uh, short of that, and other than societal collapse, I know of no other way to break this stronghold. Do you? There's one. Get rid of the uh, Department of Education at the federal level. Uh, and that's not strictly a uh, funding issue, but the, 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 I've spent a lot of time covering school boards and the amount of time the administrators there ultimately hide behind the notion of, you know, our hands are tied, federal mandates, yada, yada, yada. Uh, and, and to some extent, that's accurate. So they have to wash their hands and they can't, it's hard to hold them accountable at the local level. Get rid of that entire power structure. Bring it all home so that you can hold them accountable directly. Next up, Kim Gordon asks, Steve, has the shift ruined baseball? No. What's ruined baseball is the amount of hitters that can... Well, first of all, I don't think baseball has been ruined, number one. But if the, if the shift annoys you, you know, they once tried to intentionally walk Roy Hobbs. And he stepped over the plate and hit it over the wall anyway. Okay. Now, I know Roy Hobbs is a fictional figure. Still. These are the best hitters in the world, right? Yes. They, 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 they have to keep hitting into the shift? Clearly, they, yes. They, they, they can't hit swing the other way? They don't know how to do that? They don't know how to... They once asked Ted Williams... So the line in the natural when Roy Hobbs says, I want, I want to walk down the street and people say, there goes Roy Hobbs, the best damn hitter that ever lived. That's a, that, Bernard Malamud got that from Ted Williams. That was his famous line. That when my days are done here, what I want more than anything else is I walk down the street and people say, there goes Ted Williams, the best damn hitter that ever lived. Okay? They asked Ted Williams, now keep in mind, this is pre-modern training. We don't have pitching machines yet. I mean, Williams interrupted his career to serve in World War II, guys. Okay. So they asked the Splendid Splinter, hey, what is, what's the secret to your success? And he had a very famous line. I hit it where they ain't. I try to hit it where they ain't. That's what I try to do, hit it where they ain't. You don't have to hit into the part of the field where there's half of the infield, or the entire infield is standing over there, right? It's not like a law, a rule of baseball that you have to hit it there, right? Right. So you, you would not, I mean... I, I, they tried doing this to me on MLB The Show. 
And then like after the first three or four times, I just hit it down the baseline for a double. They don't, the, the computer adjusts and doesn't do it anymore. It's a miracle. Okay. So I, I don't know why the best hitters in the world can't just hit it to the side of the field. Or how about I just lay down a bunt and run it out? How about I do that? Yeah. You see the, I don't understand why, what's the, what's with all the compliance to this? I know. Well, you know, unwritten rules of baseball. Yeah. Which, you know, I can't, that I'm not, most of those I cannot stand. Well, yeah, yeah, some some silly, some understandable, but this is one where this has become an unwritten rule of baseball, where the things that used to be baseball just aren't baseball anymore. It wouldn't even cross, it clearly doesn't cross their minds now. It's some, they think it's like unmanly or cheating to not look that shift in the face and still try to beat it anyway. I mean, baseball before Babe Ruth used to be small ball. That was baseball. Mm -hmm. And it, to many minds, it, I mean, launch angle, the technocracy of all of that. um, It's, listen, the, the game that I grew up loving, and it was a game that, listen, I, you didn't have to be six feet eight to play. You didn't have to be 200 pounds to play. You could be really, really good at baseball. And that's changing a bit too because it's it's now the unwritten rule that baseball isn't really baseball anymore. So I, I was fascinated to see what Steve was going to say about that because I don't like the shift. I would entertain a rule that wouldn't allow it anymore. But Steve is absolutely right. I mean, I'm a football guy. Yeah. Okay. You you want to know why you don't see as many teams, why you don't see as many, you know, teams led by running backs in the NFL anymore? Because teams just started putting eight or nine men in the box. Mm-hmm. And I don't care how good of an offensive line you have, five blocking eight, odds aren't really good. Mm-hmm. Right? All right. And so then came the West Coast offense with Bill Walsh. And you know what? We'll just get the ball to our running backs like Roger Craig. We'll dump it to them out of the backfield in space. And and they'll gain huge yards because you can't cover them out in the flat. Right? So then they counteracted that with a zone blitz. And so teams went with more of a quick passing attack and a more spread attack so that there were multiple receivers on the field and you can't cover all those guys with linebackers. In other words, it, it, you don't have, is there a more stubborn masculine sport in America than football? No. And yet those guys right. are evolving and adjusting all of the time. Yeah. They're not like, let's just sit here and lose. Yeah. Let's just sit here and run at the Pittsburgh Steelers for another 10 years in the 80s because it worked so damn well in the 70s. No, they're like, let's try a new offense. It didn't work. I don't understand year after year after year. Why just go up to the plate and hit it right directly into the teeth of the defense? I don't understand that. Because to bunt down the line, which is exactly what baseball players that we grew up with would have done. Yeah. They it, it won't even cross their mind now, Steve. It it's beneath them to Willie do that. Sturge would have been like, I'm just gonna take my fat ass to first base yeah. and bunt this thing down the line. You do that to me. Yeah. I mean thank you. You know what I mean? Then and you won't do that again. Yeah. Right? I, I just I don't understand this I don't understand. Hey, let me just, just hit it directly into the teeth of the defense. I, I don't but again, I'm a more of a football guy, so maybe it's a cultural thing in baseball that I don't I don't get. It's a shame that I mean we can't baseball can't have nice things. It it cannot get out of its own way. 
Next question we have after the break, I'm not going to have time to read it right now, is quite quite the question, I would say. And I think uh, it's something we've talked about a little bit off of, uh, off of the air, and I know it's a conversation that'll, that that's probably taking place in a lot of places around the country. Uh, I don't think you're going to want to miss Steve's response to this question. Dude. That's a yo. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited now. <laughs> That's what we call a tease. Yeah, don't, I'm like, how can we, you better not suck? Yeah, it's quite, I mean, the billing on this question. I'm like, all right, let's let's uh, have my brain do some laps here during the break. Make sure I'm warmed up and ready to go as we continue with our Ask Me Anything here, courtesy courtesy I should say of our followers followers over on MeWe. Stay tuned here on Blaze TV Radio and Podcast. Boy, what if I told you that, in fact, you know what? They should get their own 30 for 30 special. What if I were to tell you that you could eat a snack with even a wider variety of flavors than there are candy bars, but taste almost as good, if not as good, as most of your candy bars without almost any of the sugar, and it's actually a protein bar? What if I were to tell you that this product exists? Hey, I was dubious too. Told this story before. In fact, I first ordered Built Bar out of spite. Spent so much time last year listening to podcasts with all this downtime. And man, one of the hosts just kept pimping this thing hard. I'm like, there's no way this is that good. And I just got one of those phony baloney stimulus checks. I'm like, all right, I'll, get, I'll send him 30 bucks. Just out of spite. Bill Barr blew me away. I, I just couldn't believe how good it was. It was better than he said it was. And now I'm a full-fledged aficionado. I'm a proud endorser. I have, let's just say, I've, I've spent plenty of my own money on Bilt Bars over the last couple of years, uh, or last year, even though they still send me some for free. It's just not enough. All right, so if you want the best protein bar of all time, all right, this is Hogan off leg drop off the top rope, Ric Flair figure four kind of a finishing move right here is what Bilt Bar is. Go to Bilt.com, B-U-I-L-T, for built.com and use the promo code DACE. Walk that aisle. As the Nature Boy once said, walk that aisle. Go to built.com. Use the promo code DACE. And hey, if there's another if there's another protein bar out there that thinks they're better, hey, you know what? To be the man, you got to beat the man. The Nature Boy prophesied that too, right? He did. He did. I, I know you got a lot of irons in the fire. You know, sports podcasts, movies, a lot of things. But how are you not on staff at Built Bar by this point here? That's a good question. Bucket list? Maybe stock options? Uh, yeah. Just just saying if anybody's listening at this point. All right. But I mean, I am, I'm a convert here. All right. I'm all in. Built.com, B-U-I-L-T, use DACE as the promo code to get your 15% off discount. Now, back to ask me anything in this question that I'm, I'm, I'm fearing Aaron has way overhyped. <laughs> All right, that we've all been waiting six minutes for me to hear and to answer. So, Aaron, fire away. 
Leon Athey says, My wife and I were actively discussing what steps we would take should the government, local or federal, attempt either force vaccination or a papers please slash scarlet letter requirement. Would we take up arms as modern-day Lexington and Concord or succumb to the spirit of the edge? We're leaning towards the former, but would prefer to live out our days on land and peace and tranquility. How prevalent do you think this discussion is across the country? We wonder... Would we be Ruby Ridge, forgotten by most today, or Lexington and Concord, where citizens came out of the woodwork to beat back the oppressor and mark a turning point in history? How alone are we? So, Leon. And Aaron, the question led up to the hype. Um, All of us that love liberty need to ponder this question now. And the reason I think we need to ponder this question now is because if we ponder it now, I don't think we'll have to face it later. Because there's still a vast chasm between succumbing to the spirit of the age and taking up arms against your government. Meaning that there are options before you have to arrive at that dramatic course of action. And I think you have to look at our nation's founding. They had many of these same disagreements with the British crown in 1766 too. This went on for several years. They didn't just, at the first sight, go, oh, hell no, and load the muskets. Now, those overtures did not work for them. But, you know, they were attempting to essentially live off a Magna Carta pact that predated them by hundreds of years. They didn't have a constitution. They didn't have a Second Amendment. They didn't have state and local governments with the power that our state and local governments have. They didn't have a lot of the advantages that we have now. In fact, they had to create those advantages. Contemplate this for a second. We were talking about this off the air the other day. Shortly after creating a new government... Our founders gave the people the means to overthrow them if they had to, right? Yeah. They turned right around and put into place and gave to the people they were about to govern the powers that were denied to them, including the powers to bear arms against the government of need be. That's how serious they were about this. There are still plenty of avenues that can be done. Now, I'm going to warn you, none of them are non-confrontational. And there's something about human nature, and we all fall prey to this, that we have a tendency to not stand and fight until we're completely cornered and the options are the most dire and dramatic. I think a lot of it goes back to being sons of Adam, the very first conflict in all of human history. And Adam just stands there gobsmacked. 
as humanity falls, right? Beyond passive. And like 10 minutes ago, God had said, hey, I'm putting you in charge of this whole thing. I mean, I got, I got no power. I mean, I'm only like naming species of creatures and plotting dominion over the entire planet here. But I guess I've, here comes this lowly serpent on the ground and I'm just, I couldn't, you know, like stomp on it or chase it out of the garden or anything. I'm just completely powerless against this. And we've been kind of following this pattern sort of ever since, right? That's just kind of what we are as a species. But then there are moments every now and then when that area in between gets enacted and positive change happens. Ironically, one of them may have just happened in the last 10 minutes. What is the country we've all been talking about saying it's gone? Toast. Cannot believe what's happening there. The land down under. Yes, Australia. So last week... You brought this up during the break. Last week, Australian truckers began organizing, warning the country, get ready for shortages because we're just not doing this anymore with all these lockdowns and everything else. Zero COVID, the idea we just do this until COVID's gone forever. Meanwhile, you're telling us not to travel to Israel. We're over 70, well over 70% of the adults are vaccinated because it's not safe. The European Union now has issued a travel advisory against going to Israel. So Australia's truckers got together, sent warning to everybody. Yeah, we're just not delivering your goods anymore. Have a nice life. And lo and behold, wouldn't you know, Australia's government announced literally 10 minutes ago it will no longer pursue a zero COVID policy. Huh. Weird. Remember last year when the Big Ten wasn't going to play football anymore about this time? Yes. Remember? And there's been a lot of theories and everything else about what caused the Big Ten to change its mind. But there's a little tiny detail that everybody has forgotten about that goes that coincides along with a lot of the Big Ten's timing of changing its mind. A judge in Lincoln, Nebraska, granted Nebraska football players and their parents cert in their suit against the Big Ten, which therefore would then grant them discovery to see all of the Big Ten's Official correspondence, communication, these are, with the exception of Northwestern, all publicly funded universities. So all emails and everything are now. But you guys remember this story? Uh-oh. Yes, and then lo and behold. Play ball! So, suddenly, <laughs> shortly when that discovery process was just about to happen, the Big Ten's got its ducks in a row, it's got its protocols in place, and we're able to play football again. There is, I said peaceable. There are plenty of peaceable ways out of this. Have I not stressed that? Yes. Did I ever say there were non-confrontational ways out of this? That's no. not something our show would say. No. <laughs> no. In fact, there may be non-confrontational ways out of this, just our show won't look very hard for them. So you're going to want to get a second opinion on that. Okay. <laughs> but there's, they're all 
going to be con they're all going to be confrontational. Somebody's panties are getting in a wad here, right? There's no way out of this. There is no point. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, Anthony Fauci went on my former Salem colleague, Hugh Hewitt show and admitted he had no data to justify masking school kids. None. He admitted it. You asked him, he said, I don't, I don't really have any, you know why he doesn't, can you guys guess why he doesn't have any? He doesn't have any. Because there isn't any. That's why no other nation on earth is like doing this. Okay. Yesterday, he says that if you're not masking kids in schools, you're endangering their health. And I promise you had the exact same data on that that he didn't have when he answered the question the first time. So, there's only this is only going to end by our willingness to engage in peaceable confrontation. We will not comply. We will vote you out. We will oppose. We will expose. We will make it painful for you to carry this out. Go ahead and see if you can hire 50 new nurses. Try that one on. See if that'll work for you. In fact, on Friday, the Cleveland Clinic, one of the biggest names in healthcare, right up there with Mayo, Blue Cross, Blue Shield. I think it was their CEO or one of their mucky mucks said that he was concerned about a forthcoming nursing shortage, labor shortage, because of vaccine mandates. Only way out of this is through. If we end up having to shoot our way out of this, one of two things is going down. E, A, we failed. We, used, we didn't use any of, these, any of these other levers that we have. None of them. We just didn't corporately use them at all. We stood around, we blogged, we regaled, we yelled, and put ourselves in a situation there was no other way. We didn't act proactively at all. Or B, this entire culture and country is going down. Maybe something worse. So it's probably irrelevant at this point anyway. Guys, we're going to fill college football stadiums all over the country here. I guess unless you're a UCLA fan, did you see that? Yeah, that Goodness. was ridiculous. No. Goodness. What happened? There's like, yeah, it was a friends and family plan. Let me put it that way. Okay. The venerable Rose Bowl. There were like 10 people there. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, not much happening there. Yeah. Nice. Okay. But in other parts of the country, we're going to be filling stadiums this weekend. Why do I bring that up? Can two things both be true? Sure. But are we on the brink of losing everything right now? And then we're all, hey, let's, we all sit around watching the Nebraska-Illinois football game on Saturday, mm -hmm. right? Are we on a path that we could lose everything? Yes. But if we were on the brink of losing everything, would we be always sitting around watching the Nebraska-Illinois football game? No. It doesn't have to end this way. We don't have to be cultural Scott Frosts after the game. I've seen this movie before. Well, yeah, you're 12 and 21, dude. And you guys have lost 18 of your, or you've only won 18 of your last 51 football games. You see that? Nebraska's 18 and 33 in his last 51 football games. We don't have to just sit there and wait for this to happen to us.
There's plenty of things we can do to make this hard on them. They don't have a Second Amendment in Australia. 72 hours ago, we thought that country was gone, 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 right? Lost to history. 72 hours later, the truckers threatened the supply chain. It's like, you know what, guys? That zero COVID thing. We looked at it over the weekend. Eh, Maybe not. Yeah. If this, if this is because, if we have to start shooting, we failed. Or this is, this is something even bigger than we even think it is going down. There's plenty of things we can do to make them hurt, to make them stop. Next up, we'll go to John McKay. Steve, this may sound far-fetched, but if the CCP or the Chinese Communist Party invaded the U.S. West Coast, either from Canada or the Pacific Ocean, within the next six months, with our current administration and military command still in place, either Biden or Harris as president, would the woke military fight or surrender? Uh, the fact you're asking this question is the problem enough. And we just we we watched the last president who was a badass let Antifa occupy non nine square blocks of a major U.S. city and call it their own occupied zone for what a month and a half last year. Mm-hmm. So that was the badass president. What do you think the dementia rattled one would do? I, the fact we're even asking it is bad, very bad. But let me tell you about something good. Our friends over at Omega XL. If you have been struggling with chronic pain. This is not because you fell off a ladder or had an accident, uh, a boo-boo. Those are injuries. Get those treated. But if you are struggling with pain of the chronic variety, make sure you attack that inflammation that's causing your pain with an all-natural anti-inflammatory that I use personally, so I can attest to its results, backed by 35 years of clinical research, and it's called Omega XL. It attacks the inflammation that's attacking you. And right now, if you want to try it, buy a bottle and get a second one for free. It's a little BOGO action from our friends at Omega XL. When you visit OmegaXL.com slash Steve, again, that's OmegaXL.com slash Steve, or give them a call at 800-844-4888. All right, we're going to stick around and record overtime for Blaze TV subscribers, and we are going to have a very uncomfortable conversation. That's why we're putting it behind the paywall. We'll do that for subscribers at blazetv.com slash dace. For the rest of you, we'll see you tomorrow. John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.